Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So before I go into this episode, um, the episode is with Teresa McGrath, uh, aka uh, at Super, Super Mom Slimming on Instagram. And Teresa is an incredible woman. Um, she's a mom of eight. She's lost an incredible amount of weight at 120 pounds, I think. Um, mental health, health advocate, PN1. And you have qualified nutritionist. The questions that I sent over to Therese at the beginning of this episode were completely thrown out the window. This is one of those episodes that's completely raw, unedited, and something that needs to be heard. We talk about kind of moving away from the scales, dealing with negative negativity people, and we talk about being careful about who you surround you with and what you take in. Um, we talk about kind of the gyms are important for mental health and potentially the lack of the importance of what potential government departments and stuff like that are are lacking at the minute. And I will be careful. I will be cautious of what I've said on that. Um, there are two sides to every story. There are people who are showing with mental health, and it's a, it, uh, working out in a gym and training and all that kind of stuff is important to me. It's important to a lot of other people. It's not going to cure mental health, but it sure can't can't hurt. Um, and then we also talk about the mental health side of things in in depth. This is quite an emotional chat. Um, if you are someone who is predisposed to mental health concerns or issues, please be please listen. But just be aware that it is it is raw. It's unedited uh, from both our, our of our perspectives. So, guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. I've literally just recorded it with Teresa and I'm I'm a little bit um a little bit in the days. It's a very emotional episode for the two of us. Um an amazing chat, very, very raw. So guys, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. So Teresa, thank you so much for, for coming on. No problem, Michelle. Nice to be here. How are we holding up? This is so guys, the audio today is gonna to be a little bit off because we're doing the interview. Teresa's in the car trying to escape the, the madness of the house and the software won't work off for mobile. So we have to use the old school method. So if anyone has kids, they'll understand what's going on. So Teresa, thanks for coming on. No problem. Yes, anyone that has kids is going to understand like where, where the type of men that I like, come home after doing the shopping and stay outside in the car for an extra 10 minutes. <laughs> just to breathe. Just to chill. Just, just to breathe. <laughs> just, just to mentally prepare us for the madness of stepping inside the, the front door. It's like, um, do you remember Bosco years ago? Knock, knock, come meet through the magic door. <laughs> Before we came on, I was looking at Teresa's stories and like the kids just didn't want to play ball at all. So they were just lying on the floor just doing, I don't know. Anyone who has kids during lockdown, they're like there's a medal on route um so i'm gonna get you to start off telling your story who for anyone who isn't familiar with your weight loss journey first of all and then we'll bring it back into kind of the mental health stuff because that's a huge topic at the minute potentially particularly with november uh kind of coming in so what made you start your journey how did you start and what were the big obstacles that kind of you had to overcome along the way Jenna is now four um, she was a couple of weeks old She, I think she was four weeks old when I decided that I was just going to give it a go um, like I 
spoke to you earlier, um, it was seeing girls going out to Independence Festival in Mitchellstown, and they all dressed up in little shorts and, and tight tops and skinny jeans and wellies. And I was just jealous. I just wanted to be, I was unhappy in myself. I, I didn't have confidence in the size I was. Um, I was just tipping under 19 stone. At that stage, I weighed in at 18 stone, 10 and a half pounds. And um, sure, you couldn't miss me. Um, and I just, I tried a couple of times to lose weight. I got so far, a couple of pounds in, and then I could never manage the the eating side, the nutrition side of it. Could never do it. Um, so, like after I seen these these girls in in the car spin home that day after doing the shopping. I, I went in, Googled a Slimming World, I joined Slimming World to, to start my journey. And I know as as nutrition coaches and personal trainers don't agree with Slimming World and I'm qualified like you now, qualified nutrition coach. And I'm never going to knock them completely because they helped me immensely um, to start off. And it's a great starting point for people that... that that don't want to be too overwhelmed and complicated with everything. It is genuinely, it is a great starting point. Would I agree with it now 100%? No, um, I wouldn't. Um, and I would be a fool to say, yeah, just to go along with it uh, uh, after passing exams and nutrition and stuff, you'd be a fool to agree with it now uh, in that aspect. But um, I joined Slim and World, went in. Um, brought a load of kids with me because I felt like I needed an excuse to, to lose weight. I brought six with me. Um, I remember sitting down on the chair inside there on the first meeting and the consultant was lovely. Uh, the members were lovely inside there. I put a bag at one side and I put um, my handbag at one side and I put a nappy changing bag at the other side because I didn't want anyone sitting next to me because I was spilling out over the chair. So I was there going, no, no. If I just put coats here, a bag, a bag here, and my handbag there, no one will have to sit next to me. Um, I didn't know what weight I was until they weighed me, and I got a bit of a shock. I knew I was a big girl because I was between a size 20 and a 22. And um, I just didn't let myself get overwhelmed the first week. I had a family member doing it, so she was kind of helping me for the first week. And... Um, like that, I lost eight and a half pounds the first week, four and a half pounds the second week. Then I, on my very first night out going for a walk, my sister was trying to get me to go for a walk and I was asking how could we wait until it got dark because I didn't want anyone to see me. And I fell and broke my elbow. And that only actually pushed me more harder because I had to be on top of what I was eating and I was there going, no, I'm not giving up. I've... I've like nearly a stone lost in in two weeks. Like so, I said no. I said I'm not giving up. I said I don't care. I said this is it. So um, I had cast on me from from just the top of my arm down to here. I had actually um, screws put in, so I had to have surgery screws put in. So I really am super bum. <laughs> Throw that in there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> she had to the last. I'm frozen. I have a bottle of water. I have two apples. Like, thank God I've the dinner cooked since like nine o'clock this morning. But um, I still went 
walking with the cast on me. Um, I had to walk to my groups then every single week because I couldn't drive, um, obviously with the broken elbow. I still went walking, which I still did five or six Ks every single day with the cast on me. And um, even when I came out of surgery, um, it was an overnight thing. So I went in to have the, the screws put in and I came out the next day. The following morning, I was out and I was walking because I, I took two north and went out walking and that was it. Because um, if you were to wait for uh, your arm to be healed, sure, I could have easily piled back on what I'd lost and more. And that was my fear. And um, when I was doing my walks, uh, like there was no missing me the size I was like so I was planning my walks like avoiding traffic lights pedestrian crossings where you had to press the button stop and wait because I thought the whole world was focused on me and how big I was and they were looking at me going oh my god the size of her and the truth was no one gives a shit like no no one cared that I was the size that I was only me family members yeah for health reasons they were worried about me but no one else passing in the car Joan Mary down the road show they didn't give a fuck what size I was um it, it, it was all in my head like um and I kept going and um, in about two months no about six weeks I had lost two stone I'd say and I couldn't believe it I just couldn't believe that I'd lost it um, so it took me 12 months to lose six stone and then um, surprise baby number eight <laughs> happened and I was training at the time to be a Slim and World consultant so I was a Slim and World consultant for a year and a half and then I gave it up and I had moved I had separated so I, I, I there was no time for kids to be minded like there's eight of them there like school runs everything i had lost interest in slim and world as a consultant i felt that um i wasn't supporting the members as well as what i should because my interest wasn't there and um, when i went into it i was fully committed i was there going yeah this is it this is what i want to do things change i started personal training i started looking at other sides of nutrition and um, and it just wasn't for me anymore. So the right thing to do then was step away because I had the worries about kids being minded. I had moved them from the family home they had grew up in to a country home that we've never lived in the country. So like when I first moved them into the country, they spent about an hour staring at cows and fields. That'd be like a dub going into that down the country looking what that is. Yeah, and, and we had a small dog at the time, like, okay, so so the, the I'm going off track now a second, but, like, the, the cows were going around in circles, and I was inside the sitting room window looking out, and I could see the cows, and I could see the legs, and I was there going, what the feck is going on here? Didn't our little puppy get into the, the cows and was chasing the cows? And then I was videoing them and putting it up on Instagram. And, like, the lads were looking at the cows going around in circles. The dog was in there. But I didn't know that farmers can shoot a dog. If they go on the land, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought it was great crack. <laughs> Just the, vi the video the video of your mom with the dog in the fields with the deer. It's yeah, an offensive no, thing. No, no. The farmers <laughs> next to us, there's, there's no way they do anything like that. Like, they were fine. But, like, I was there going to followers that were messaging me going... Jesus Christ, woman, when you get the dog out of the field, he's going to be shot by the <laughs> So I was there going, let's quick get the dog out. They were there going, we sure we can't go near the cows. But um, I felt guilty for moving them out here. Um, 
their dad wasn't able to commit to mind on, on, on the Thursdays. I had all my sessions on the Thursday. So, like, I had to set up my venue on a Wednesday night. I was gone from 6 o'clock in the morning until maybe 11 o'clock on the Thursday night. Then I had my work calls and the commitment to the members to do. Things were slipping. I lost interest. So the right thing to do was to step back. I had no interest in it. So that's what I did. I stepped back. And things worked out better for me in the long run. Um, so I minded myself when I when I got pregnant with the eighth baby. I was training with Slim and World. I was still really focused. Uh, you can follow the plan while you're pregnant. So I followed the plan while I was pregnant. Um, and I didn't gain a lot of weight. I still, when I got pregnant, I still had weight to lose. And um, anyway, I still had about two stone to go. In my head, I still wanted two stone to go. So then I got pregnant. So I gained baby weight. So when I had him then, um, I was just focused on eight kids. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And people were probably saying, did she not think of that beforehand? She had seven. But seven to me were a doddle. <laughs> And then I had a new boss and I was there going, shit, I'm traveling over to the UK to train, to open groups. I have a newborn baby. I have seven others. I have five different school runs. I'm just going to like just fall asleep there for a whole year and someone wake me up after that is what I felt like doing. But um, I kept going, kept going and um, didn't really focus too much on trying to lose the weight after I had Hunter. Um, do you know what I was focused on? I went in and had breast augmentation surgery, so that was my focus. So I went in and I had that in the August. Um, and I remember two days after the surgery, I went out for a, a 5k walk, like, and 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 the clinic that I went to, like, watched my Instagram story, and they rang me and said. Um, would you not like sit down and take it easy? Like you just like had surgery. And I was like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. Like, you know, and I would be a fast healer. Like, you know, anyway, I wouldn't be one to be lying down on the couch, like as in, in a broken bone, anything like that. That's just kind of not me. I suppose maybe because I'm, I'm 40 maybe. But um, after I had the surgery, then we were coming up to Christmas and I said, look, I'm not going to panic too much about it. Um, I'll try and get a personal trainer because I have a fear. Um, I think people think that when I'm on Instagram talking and I've lost so much weight and everything like that, that I'm that I might be confident and everything like that. I have um, I have a fear of big gyms. I, I I like I don't feel confident inside in gyms and working out. That's probably something that I have to work on myself. But like nowadays fitness has got so popular you have a lot of assholes is the only way i could describe them flexing their muscles and i just want to hit them <laughs> like, i'm just gonna be honest i don't promote violence so don't do that to people when gyms reopen <laughs> you're back inside there disclaimer right there but like i just want to go in to do do my do my workouts, lift my weights, do what I can do and come home. Like, I don't want to be worried about your man that's lifting the dumbbells I want to use and looking in the mirror and taking his selfie in because if he doesn't post it, it didn't happen. Like, do you know? Um, I just want to go and do my thing and come home and like, that's it. But, um, so I, in the January then, I went to a personal trainer, um, uh, Jordan's five-star fitness in Fermoy and I lost, um, 
tree stone with him in, I'd say, 14, 12, 14 weeks. I lost the rest of my weight with him and kept it off. So was able to maintain it. And I'm not saying to lose weight is easy. It's not. But I find the maintaining it, like... Uh, like it was drilled into my head so long about losing weight as in myself I had drilled it in like I wasn't happy with myself and that I was focused on numbers and scales and it's only in the last I'd say 12 months that I've actually learned to step back from the scales and go with what I see in the mirror and if it's a good day if I wake up in the morning and if it's a good day and I look in the mirror and I put on my jeans and I put on my top or I put on my dress and I feel like that yeah I feel good today no number on the scales should change that but what was happening with me I could get up in the morning I could it could be the start of a great day and then I'd step on the scales and the scales could tell me that I was up two or three pounds for whatever reason it could have been at the time, it could have been my time of the month, um, it could be I didn't have enough sleep, it could have been because I overindulged, it could have been because I just worked out, and there's a number of reasons why it could have been, okay, but at the time I didn't know all this, so I was seeing that I was up two or three pounds, that thing in my head put it in what I could eat for the day and what exercise I had to do, which which just wasn't right. So now I just train three or four times a week. I do my walk. I I, I might weigh myself every six, seven weeks as a guideline, but I don't really go near it anymore. I like I was when you when you started talking about the scales, my next question to you was about the scales, because from a a kind of a weight club or a slimming club that is one of the things that is the main metric for a lot of those slimming clubs so i was going to ask you how you moved yourself away from those and then that like the the education seems to have been a massive factor for you knowing that the cycle comes into it knowing that at certain times of the month that you shouldn't step on knowing not that don't step on after training like i see it from from when when i worked face to face you'd see people do their massive training session and then step on a scales fully clothed with big massive chunky boots on or runners on you're like yeah why are you doing this to yourself but i think yeah. it, it's the scales the scales is a massive massive issue for a lot of people and something needs to change what that is i think it's just the education system around things oh, oh i agree hundred percent like i mean like even before like the 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 education side of it for me i mean like it was like colin jordan trained me he's now actually my partner so like he he was like he's great with nutrition he's a, a qualified personal trainer he's he's in the business like with 10 years i'd say like you know and like all our chats would be like always come back to nutrition and and scales and because he knew I'd be weighing myself an awful lot like because at the time when I was starting to lose weight with him like it was every week I was weighing myself like and it wasn't even every week Shane to be a hundred percent honest I could weigh myself three or four times a day I could have weighed myself in the morning I could have weighed myself after my lunch I could have weighed myself before I went to bed at night it actually drove me demented weighing myself and in the last, I've put up 6.5 kg 
in the last number of of in about a couple of months maybe 10 10 weeks three months and um what i was meant to do it like it was done through the right right way it was done done through like the nutrition eating 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 the right amounts for me getting the right calorie intake for me with what i'm doing inside in in the gym with what i'm lifting with what i'm doing cardio everything like that and because we had a chat about this before you turned on the mic like and i had gone to an extreme where like i wasn't healthy looking yeah as in, like bones were were out where where they're not meant to be. I'm six point five kg heavier now, and I sent a picture to 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 my sister even like of a before and after, and I said to her like, and I was saying which one like you know, and she said the one that you're six point five kg heavier in. Yeah, I think I think there's a massive shift of that happening in what's going on at the minute. That there's a lot more. Some people are moving away from and kind of moving away for like non-scale victories in that it is kind of like your strength and kind of looking how you actually, by going by how you feel. Yeah, but it's it's so hard to get that into women's heads. Now I know men suffer the same and, and you spoke about that as well. But like women, I think there's a higher percentage of women that suffer from with this like. Yeah. And like, I just have, like I could say a couple of things now, but I just have my own funny way of saying things anyway. Like, but like, I'm I'm one that would have suffered with not eating at all growing up, to overeating, to to eating and 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 getting sick, bulimia. Like uh, like you throw it at me, and I've done it. Like, um, and it's only. <sighs> It's only since since maybe I had the mental health breakdown and seeing that there were bigger things important in the world, if I can just get healthy and just just focus on even losing a bit of weight. And, like, there was a big thing for me. Like, at the kids' sports days, there was a parents' race, okay? So, of course, you'd have to go to the sports days to watch the kids, like, running around and in sacks and spuds and boiled eggs and fucking whatever they're doing and um, hopping around the place. And I could never do do the parents' race. Like, they wouldn't ask me. Like, I think they were actually embarrassed that, that I was the size I was because I couldn't take part with them. I couldn't really kick a ball with them or anything like that. But... Um, that, that was another huge factor for me. Like, I, I had so many kids. I wanted to be around for them. I didn't want to get a heart attack. I didn't want to get diabetes. I didn't want to... I just wanted to be happy for them. And I didn't want my weight to be an issue for them growing up. And maybe them being mocked because they've got a big mama going around the place. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I... Like, it... I, there's your like leverage or there's your why and I think a lot of people don't really when they're trying to do some sort of journey whether it's fitness whether it's work or whatever it may be they go into a thing because potentially society is said to do something and they're looking at social media like I want to look like that they don't necessarily they're fucking photoshopped they're fucking photoshopped I'm sorry lads we all know how to hold the fucking phone at a good angle like like Colm had it on his stories on Instagram the other day, like, and about photo shoots. Now, I'd love to do one eventually, but, like, like since I broke my elbow, like, uh, like I, I wanted to do uh, a bodybuilding competition. That's that's what I wanted to do. 
but because I broke my elbow, I can't lift the weight that I need to forest. It's like building up the strength to it, and, and, and it just fucked everything up that way for me. Like, but it's not the end of the world. I'm alive, I'm healthy, I'm well. I have enough food in my fridge. It's not the end of the world, like, you know? But, like, um, we were speaking about it the other day, like, when people go in and do photo shoots. Now, I know there's an awful lot of hard work and prep and everything goes into it, so so well done. I've, I've never done it, like, you know? But, like, do you know what I'd love? Like, Colm said it on his thing, like, that if if you could see that person the day that they go in to do their photo shoot, okay, and they've their 10 layers of tannin, okay, they, they're dehydrated, okay, they're after fucking squatting and pumping to get the, the muscles up for, for the photos. Your man is a professional photographer, okay? So he knows all the good angles to get you at anyway. That's why you're paying him the big bucks to come down and do it for you. You're not getting out your iPhone in your swimming tank and saying, come on, look at me. But, um, you know, because it just wouldn't have the same effect. But I'd love to see a female, okay, and a male, and Colm said it as well, that I'd love to see them the day of their shoot, all tanned, everything with hair down, and then see them next week and you walk past in the street, you probably wouldn't recognise them. No, and I've been, I've done the shoot, and I've got clients doing shoots in about two weeks, and the there's a photo of me with my coach on the Monday before the shoot, and to say this soul has left my eyes, it literally has like it's it to look I should be on a famine like on a famine ship, it's that bad, and then and, you, and then you get the you get the tan on, you get the tan on, and you're like, what is this? And then you should, as you've said, you do the pump beforehand. And then, yeah. you, and then afterwards, after two or three days, you're like, you feel like pants because you haven't, you haven't had those foods for such a long time. And then you just feel bloated, you feel lethargic. And they're like, why the fuck have I done this for, for 12 weeks, whatever it was. And it's something that gets like, my clients have done it the right way. The girls, to, one of them in particular has, has done it while getting her cycle back after, for X amount. So we've done it the right way. So she's not the healthy way, but there are p- people out there promoting it just to do it for the wrong way and people lose their cycles. And I'm like, lads, what's more important? Like, what is health? Health is health is different to everyone, but like health is not looking not, a certain fucking way. But it's not, it's, it's not even, do you know what? It's not even doing it the unhealthy way. It's like, do you know the way you post your pictures then of you, you get to pick your edits. Like, okay, yeah. so you, you get your pictures and of course we're going to pick, post the best ones because that's what we do like we everyone does it we just post our best ones but like the normal person that's looking in doesn't know what it's in the background what's gone on to get that they just think think okay i'll do that six week challenge now because that's the way they looked after it fuck it's not that that, that was a year of work and then 12 weeks had really hard work coming in just before that photo shoot like that was no six-week challenge or six-week fucking workout or anything like that for the normal person looking in, looking out. And that's, like, because I get questions like that all the time on social media, like. Do you edit your social media? Do you curb your feed? Or do you edit your feed to not let those kind of things in? Or do you kind of just question it no, when it comes uh, up? Let them all in. Let them all in. Let them all in. Let them all in. Whoever wants to judge can judge like they only know what we put up on social media 
you do you know them fucking stupid shit pages then where you can post in that I met Shane down the town and he was standing outside the pub. He must be going in. I think he's an alcoholic. But they're forgetting to say there's a church on the top of the hill. Shane was going to mass. He wasn't going to the pub. He stopped to tie his shoelaces. But they'll believe the bad. They won't believe the good. Yeah, people people want to pick at something that what they just to make themselves feel a little bit better, which is sad. It's unfortunate. Like, how do you deal with the negativity that you get across for your own journey? Because I know you you document an awful lot of your stuff, well, some of your stuff up on your socials, on your on your stories and stuff like that. How do you deal with that stuff as well? Fuck them. Um. <laughs> That's the sound bite for the episode. <laughs> last year and um, everyone knows about it. the whole world knows about it okay um i drove my car after alcohol um i was going through uh perks no excuse there's no excuses so i'm not even gonna say anything okay there's no excuse for it i got into my car after alcohol and i crashed it and i rode off my car and there was no one hurt i didn't crash into anyone i rode off my car i crashed into a parked car and um, I hadn't told my family about it because I had to go to the guard station and I broke my foot in the in, in, in the meantime of all this. And um, I hadn't told my family, so I was waiting to come home. And on the Monday, I to go to, this was on a Sunday night, so on the Monday, I had to go to hospital um, to get my foot looked after. And I remember having to ring certain family members and tell them. But my phone was after blowing up because it went up on a shite blogger's page or some fucking stupid page and um, loads of other stuff that was 110% untrue went up. I, I presume people that, that don't like you or for whatever reason they don't like you or they might have a grudge against you and felt that they could send these anonymous pages stuff about you and they didn't care if it was true or not or who they were hurting or who was involved and they put it up all over their social media i was admitted again into into the psychiatric unit after that after everything went up on social media um i only there was only two people that visited me uh one that i left into me one sister um i left in and my partner colin i let he came up to me and um the the abuse I got um, about my kids, um, my my I would be better off dead. Um, I would be better off committing suicide and ending my life. That my children deserve better than a mother that goes out and drinks and crashes her car after alcohol. Um, that I should have been at home looking after them. They were with their dad that weekend. He takes them every second weekend. Um, not that I have to explain where I or what I do when I don't have my children. Um, but I suppose you put yourself on a platform and it gives certain people, um, they think they have the authority to say whatever they want to you. Like today, I give someone a fucking pancake with Nutella on it. I saw this. Did you see this? I saw this. I was actually going for the love of God, I'd actually let them lick coal if it would keep them white. But thanks for your, like, thing. Like, poor Cody was eating a sausage roll there a couple of weeks ago. Like, 
of weeks ago on Instagram. He was eating a fucking sausage roll. Do you know you get three of them for fucking two euros or something? He came out of school, we went into spar, got sausage rolls. He was eating it while I was on the phone to vlog it. And they gave out to me, a certain person gave out to me again for giving a child a sausage roll. I mean, have you ever ate processed food, Shane, I'm wondering? I had some before we came on. <laughs> but, um, like, it's, it's stupid things like that. Like, there, at the start when I came on social media, it was hard to accept our right. Going, what have I done wrong? Why don't they like me? Am I not a good man? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Then you were watching other people going, why do they have them in, in matching outfits and I don't have, I can barely get the washing out of the utility, like, because they keep throwing stuff in. I'm going to be found dead inside there someday because they're just going to throw it out on top of me and they'll forget that I'm inside there still doing clothes. But um, I was comparing myself to others. I, I, do you know what? I was still probably trying to find myself. I had been with my, my ex-husband for 21 years. We were married for 15 of them. I had moved kids out. I had gone in to have, in March last year, I went in and had a full hysterectomy, um, unplanned, didn't know it was happening, fell down at home. Um, felt a Paddy's day, I fell down at home. So what happened was the kids were with their dad and uh, I was fine, I was training. I had nearly all my weight lost, the three stone extra that I had to go and um, was training three times a week, was walking 20k five times a week. Um, drank a bottle of wine on the Saturday night, was doing an Instagram live drunk, as you do, okay, and went to bed, got up the next morning, was going for a shower and got an unmerciful pain in my left side and fell down, blacked out, couldn't get up off the floor, had to ring 999, ambulance had to come, I had to tell the ambulance driver, I was apologising to the ambulance driver going, look, this could be alcohol poisoning because I drank a bottle of wine last night, but I don't think it is because I said I actually can't move. So, like, ended up in hospital above in the CUMH, the, the fourth floor. Um, was in there for about 10 days. Um, had a full hysterectomy and everything gone. So, I'm like a car now without an engine. Um, so, I had all that to deal with as well. Um, yeah, life is just fucking hard sometimes. But you're still here. Yeah, but I'm still here. Even like my partner, the surgeon came in to me. Um, he was French. I think they were calling him Zippy or something because I couldn't pronounce his name. So everyone, the nurses and stuff were calling him Zippy. So like, I remember asking him, he, he came in to me and he goes, you understand now the seriousness of the surgery you're after, the major surgery, and we'll have counsellors on hand and the, the nurses, the midwives will be in tea and stuff like and I said yeah grand um, I was getting injections in the stomach as well after it and into the ties while I was inside in hospital and then bags of medication when you come home then as well and um, all I remember asking was was when can I um, when can I train <laughs> your man was looking at me as if um, is the morphine too much for your Teresa <laughs> and I was there going no no but like I am I am I know like this happened and you're telling me I'm sick, but like we're waiting for test results now to come back to say that it was contained to the one area. So, can, like, can I go back? Like, what's the story there? Like, and um, he was there going, No, you can't lift weights. Like, do you know what do you do? And I was telling him what I did, and he was there going, No, like, are you nuts? And I was there going, 
quite okay. And I remember then I took kind of, I was 10 days inside in the hospital and then I kind of took another 10 days where like I was basically, the kids had to go and live with their dad for about eight weeks because I couldn't, you can't lift anything heavier than an empty kettle basically, okay? No, no, nothing like, um, and I remember then after 20 days after the surgery, like I was trying to do steps around the house and everything. And I was back doing, doing light cardio inside the gym between the six and the eight week back after the hysterectomy. You're a glutton for punishment. I'll give you that. Like, you're... <laughs> I, I said, do you know what? I said if I could go in, if I could do a small bit, if anything started hurting or pulling, of course there's going to be some discomfort. You had your insides taken out um, and just live upside the hospital somewhere. But like, yeah, I felt if, if, if I sat down and gave up, that was it. Really? I, have you, have you been close to giving up a few times? I've been close. The, lo- the lockdowns now have been hard. Um, the lockdowns have been hard. Um, the first lockdown, especially because homeschooling kids. <laughs> There's a reason I didn't take on teaching as a professional, I'm telling you. Hands up to them, fair fucking play, because, oh my God. Like, we had already started, and I had someone in the ball corner, someone out in the fucking sitting room, because they were hitting someone else with a fucking ruler. There was one doing her junior sort, like, there, I, I give out about making their lunches, okay? I used to give out going, I have to make lunches now, somewhere, find our lunch boxes. It's like, rounding up like I should have do you know them old western movies where they have the triangles and they hit them I should just have them outside the door like and just just do that and get them all to come in but um I used to give out about making their lunches there um at night time but when I had to homeschool them Jesus Christ 252 snacks a day they were always hungry there I was just putting taking their balls off them from their breakfast and they wanted their lunch and a snack and and oh, it was just crazy. It was actually just crazy. But like, I'm lucky that I had the garage onto the house and that um, I had weights and I had bars and I had dumbbells and I had weight bench. And like, I have the countryside here where you can do your 5K walk down. You can go 5K from the house and come 5K back. So that's 10K. Like, um, like, like I said, Colm has his own private gym at the back of his house. Like, so that's where I... I, I trained anyway, like, so I was lucky that I had that as well. Um, because this gym being closed things, I don't think the government actually realise what, what exercise does for people with mental health at all. No, um, I, I this is one of these topics. But they left the fucking up license open, Shane. I know, I have, I know. I'm one of these. I'm. I'm very. I have to be careful what I put out on this topic because I'm. I'm someone who has struggled with mental health before, and exercise has been my, not my savior is the wrong word, but it's definitely benefited me. And if, like I can see my gym from my house, so like it's almost as if I can see the pub from my house. I can also see the pub from my house, but yeah. But like it is. It is my time to get out of the house. It's my time to get away from this. The office. It's time to get away from the madness of of life, and I think. There's something that they're they're messing with people's careers. They're messing with people's vocations. They're messing with people's mental health. They're messing with people. But at the same time, if like, and exercise can't cure mental health, but it can definitely aid it. As in, it could definitely help it. It 
definitely it's it's one of the tools towards it. Yeah, and I think that's that's the bit that has to be and I've mates that own gyms and they've and they've they're they're very much struggling, everyone's struggling with what's going on. This it comes it's like COVID, it comes in different waves. Something has to be done with it. Um what that is and what that looks like. I actually genuinely thought the gym that I was in was doing an incredible job with the scanning the face. You book in your class, or you book in your 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 seventy five minutes in. You book it. You scan your face on the way in, and you clean up after yourself. That's probably the way the gym should be run in the first place. You should be cleaning up after yourself. Oh, definitely, one hundred percent. Go in, bring your towel with you, sanitize going in. Go in nearly ready for the gym, ready for your workout. So does does less. Um, so you do have your social distancing and um, between people like. Like the gyms now have all the sanitizing gear inside there, go in, wipe down your machines after you move on. Leave certainly, like if it's a big gym, like leave a certain amount in um, at any one time. But like you said, book your slot. Um, but like for people that can't do that now, like just get out, do your 30 minutes a day, put on a pair of headphones, don't take a couple of deep breaths, stay within your 5k, just. Just try and do something like, like the hopes will be another, is it five weeks, four and a half weeks, five weeks that we'll be up and going again and we'll be in December and it'll be time for to get ready for Christmas and we can give it a good four weeks on. We're going back into our training and everything like that. So we are just going to have to hold tough like. Yeah, I think like especially with the, the mental health stuff and I know you're a huge advocate of this and you've spoke you've been so honest with me off air about your your battle and stuff like that and I think if you are strong on mental health please do go talk to someone I know when we we're talking off air the hardest part even when I was at my lowest the hardest part is reaching out the hardest part is opening up the hardest part is I can guarantee you and I said it too as well I, yeah. I like, there's nothing that I don't agree with there the hardest thing to do is to pick up a phone for the words to come out of your mouth. If if, if you can't say it, write it down, text it. Because I can tell you there's not one person in this world that would get that text, get that phone call, get that letter off you saying you think you need help, that will turn their back in you. There's not one person. It's the fear we've built up in our head. Like, the fear for me is, why do I need help? But sure, what, there's nothing wrong with me. I have enough money to pay my bills. My kids are healthy. I've, I've had kids with no, relatively no complications. What should I be suffering over? Why why should I have? But it's, it's, it's like a poison just takes over your brain. That's the only way I can explain it. You've no control. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. Like I'm having flashbacks in mine now. So I, I, yeah, it is. It's, it's, I think for lads and women are very different, but we're the same in relation to, it can almost be for me. Definitely. I'm, spe- I'm not speaking for everyone. For, for me, it was almost an ego thing that because it was a man, I'm meant to be seen as being like X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I'm meant to be, be seen as the bravado. You're meant to be seen as macho, but like you you don't know what goes on behind closed doors for most people. I think people are realizing that you don't know. People are putting the highlight reel up on social media. Don't know what they're going through. Like people didn't know what was going on when you had that, the episode with the car and then the people were attacked. You're like, no one has the right to do that. You don't know what point that person is. And and, and like, like the fact was I was drunk. 
does any sober person in the world decide to sit into their car and drink a load of alcohol and drive it? No. The fact was, I was drunk. I And 100% honest, hadn't a clue what I was doing. Hadn't a clue what I was doing. And like you said, no one knows. There's no excuses in the world for some things. But like no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. No one knows what's going on in someone's head, what they're thinking. You could be walking past someone and... They could look all right. They, they they could look great, actually. You could want to look like them. But, like, you don't know what's going on in their head or what's happening when they set foot inside their front door, like. No. What was the... You've, you spoke to me about your your uh, mental health battles kind of off-air. What was the kind of... What, what, what was it that took you to kind of reach out? Uh, what and what was your why because that that's a i think that was a big crucial part for me that like if i didn't reach out i wouldn't be here oh god um i was scared i didn't want to die <clears throat> but i actually thought that that was the only way i felt i wasn't a good man I felt they could do better. I felt that if I did it at the time I had planned, that they'd be sad for a while and then they'd forget about me and their dad would meet someone else and they would get a new man, a man that worked perfectly and that was able to do the things for them and was able to play with them and... I wanted, I wanted them to have, I don't even know what way to explain it. If I could draw a family picture, and I think I said it before, if I could draw a family picture, it was like they had the perfect family. If I was standing outside the house looking in at them, sitting down, having dinner, all at the table, like the Last Supper, because there's so many of us there. But, um... It was like, if you took me out, they had the perfect family. But I think the time I asked for help, I was I was scared. I was scared to die. I was scared to commit suicide. I was scared of, if I took an overdose, would I come round? And would I be left with brain injuries? And would someone be left looking after me? If, if 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 I did it, I don't want to go into too much here on it, but if I did it in certain ways, I was thinking of the outcome for other people. Um, and then I had a plan put in place for, for the Christmas day. I was no longer afraid to die, basically. I was no longer afraid to die. That was it. Like, my mother is gone with 10 years. She was killed in an accident um, 10 years ago on my 30th birthday. And... Um, I said, you know what? I'll get to see her. I said, I'll be with her. I said, I'll get to see her. Won't have to miss her. I'll get to see her. And it didn't dawn on me that, like, I missed her so much. Like, missed her so much that I was willing to put my... I can see it now, like, that I was willing to put my children through the exact same pain that I felt. And, like, I pretended for an awful long time when my mother passed away that she didn't even die. I pretended she was at the gym. She was up having a shower when I called because she was fit and healthy. She she was killed in cycling a bike. 
she was with a cycle club and she had done her kilometers with them and she was only two kilometers from home and she had a back blowout on the wheel of her bike she was wearing a helmet and everything for insurance purposes you have to with cycle clubs all the right gear on her and everything and she had a back blowout on the wheel of her tire and she went out over the handlebars and she was killed instantly she had a head injury so the helmet didn't even fucking save her but um I was there going, I miss her so much, I want to see her, so I'm no longer afraid to die. Um, so I said, I'll put a plan in place. And I said, the best way I can do it is that if someone finds me, it'll be a family member, there's no way around that. So if someone finds me, it'll look as if I'm just asleep. And that's what I had planned. And um, I just thought the children deserved better. I thought I wasn't good enough. I just couldn't take it anymore. I, I was ha like, I was having hallucinations. I was having night terrors. I was like, it was the worst in the world. Like, it was just, I've had bad days since then. Um, and I just think all the time, Colm's constantly reminding me going, you're nowhere near where you were back then. Look at how far you've come. You like, just look at how far you come. You had two more children since then. Like you're doing, like you're maintaining, you lost the rest of your weight. You're maintaining it. You're, you're, you're trying to keep your exercise up. You're, you're, you're eating healthily enough. But sometimes when you're going through a bad time in your head, that's not enough even to kind of pull you through. You kind of have to go through something again to pull you out of it. Yeah, like, there's, there's, I have two, like, books in my head, like, Man's Search for Meaning, it's like, choose your suffering and stuff like that, and you learn more from, you almost need something to come along and to make you change something, unfortunately, for me, it was my health, I needed that in order for me to change something or alter something, and I wouldn't be here, if it hadn't, I wouldn't be doing this, I wouldn't be on the call with yourself right now, Uh, like, I was in a fucking career, I hated it. I genuinely fucking hated every minute of it. Um, and I think too many people right now are suffering in silence and something needs to be done. And unfortunately, too many are still going to suffer in silence. And I think the stigma needs to be raised up. The It's what's, what's, the, what's the saying? It's okay not to be okay is a shit slogan. I think the education system in schools needs to improve because there's still stigma about it. And if you talk about your feelings, particularly if you're a lad, you talk about your feelings, you are, there's a, there's a certain stigma attached to you for being, I don't know, it's just, it, it's... But why don't they, like, the school education system, why don't they sit down and, and, and teach them these things, like, uh, uh, have a curriculum in place where there's a class to tell you like that that these things in life may happen things aren't like put it in whatever way they want like why don't they why don't they teach them how to how to deal with with losing someone yeah why don't they why don't they teach them the important things in life yeah I know I, I I agree with you. I've yeah, I'm I was very fortunate in like school and like sixth year I think it was, there was I had a very good counselor and he was amazing for that stuff. Um but I can see from other schools and other from talking to other people on a regular basis. So a lot of people have just like 
push things down and down and down and down and down and then it's like a volcano which is about to erupt and they don't know what to do when it erupts they've just pushed things down for too long i think that's also a, a massive problem and i agree that's exactly what I did. I mean, like, wanting, looking back at that, um, if, if I maybe would have asked for help sooner, um, like, if I asked for help sooner, is there a chance that I wouldn't have spent time inside in the psychiatric unit? Would I have... I, do you know what? I felt embarrassed. I felt there was a stigma around taking medication, that antidepressants relaxers um like I, I i didn't want to be like a zombie going around i didn't want to i didn't want to people knowing so i would collect the prescription and i would never take them and that was the there, there was no shame first of all in taking medication none if you have a pain in your head you'll take panadol yeah, I like I I got I I got prescribed the meds, but mine was like situational depression. Mine 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 wasn't the chemical hormone imbalance. Yeah. And I think too many doctors, from my experience, I'm talking to people on a daily basis that they're being put on meds rather than actually talking about the problem. They're they're not getting to the root. They're sticking a bandaid over a problem. And there's definitely an awful lot of that goes on. Even I I seen it inside in, in in the unit that I was in like it was just medication 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 for a lot of people inside there, yeah it was just crazy like I couldn't even explain to see some of the say some of the things that I seen inside there because you wouldn't want to frighten people from from going in but but it's a place I'll never forget it's a place I never want to go back into if I had to I would um yeah. Um, medication definitely for someone with chemical imbalances they do need to take it definitely 100% because it's the only thing that's going to help them they, they need it on top of their counselling on top of their exercise on top of getting their sleep they need it it's not going to fix everything for them either um, yeah mental health is a touchy subject though yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, I would be surprised if there aren't some messages that come in after this and saying X, Y, and Z about what I've just said about tablets and all that kind of stuff. They work for some people, they don't work for other people. It's like anything. It's like it's like anything in real life. If, if, they, if they were working for you, amazing. I had a bad experience with them, so that's my, I'm a little bit biased towards them. I just felt like if I was, lo- if I was looking outside, looking at green, I would see grey. And then I would yeah. say I would say I'm drunk. I, I just didn't have a good. I I was put on them, and I would rather than advise to be going to talk to someone, and that that's yeah. that that hurt. Um. Yeah. So that's my scar on it. But I think a lot of people are struggling with what's going on at the minute, and I think a lot of people because they're potentially a little bit more, it's a little bit more downtime. They don't know what to do with their heads because they've never had this downtime before. They've been too busy being pulled left right and center with careers they've got stuff going at home they don't know what's going on but if you are struggling please do reach out there's so many services out there the services are underfunded the under the services are underutilized and it, it's important that if you are struggling please do and go to talk to someone even if it's a friend like if you text your friend right now like just say i'm not okay or something something small i guarantee and as Teresa said they would have to be some prick not to uh to come to your aid. Yeah, there's no one in the, 
even, even someone that didn't feckin' like you, if you said, if you had that number and you messaged them, I'm sure they'd have a bit of empathy inside in that. Like, even if, if you text your enemy and said that you weren't feeling okay, you can be pretty sure they'd have a bit of empathy inside in their heart and they would respond. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, like, the questions I've asked Teresa just now are completely off script. I had sent questions over Teresa and none of them have been asked. Teresa, I, Teresa's like a whirlwind. Yeah, exactly. Whirlwind Teresa, Hurricane Teresa. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hurricane Teresa. Uh, where can people find out about it? Because I know you're launching coaching as well um, with, the, with um, the online stuff um, as well. So I'm recently qualified um, uh, PN Precision Nutrition um, coach. So um, I have like my main page, Super Mom Slimming on Instagram. And then um, my business page, like in the next couple of weeks, I'll be I'll be taking on clients like, but I have to make sure it's just the right time for me with kids and that I can commit and everything like that. You, you probably know the work that goes in, you know, the work that goes into all this, like, so I just need to be ready and like, my game face on chain for that. So Super Mom Slimming is my main page where um where I'm just there hanging out with kids and speaking all that. And a bit of training, a bit of food goes up and stuff. But then my business page would be um TMG Nutra Success. Nutra Success. Perfect. I'm gonna put in the links and all that kind of stuff into the bio. So guys, if you have been Touched around on that, please do reach out to the mental health people out there. Um, please do share it up on your story. Please do leave a review up on iTunes. Please do DM us if this has impacted you in any way because please, 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 whatever you do, do not hide in silence. There's too much shit going on with to hide in silence. Everyone is struggling in some sort of wave and it does come in waves for different people. But if you're pushing something down from someone who has literally who nearly died please just like reach out that's all i can say thank you so exactly. much thank you so much for coming on Teresa. no problem thanks for having me shane it's lovely chatting chat